Dude, I have the little biggest bug bites on my leg, and they're so freaking itchy. I love that for you. It's awful. They're everywhere. And they're all, like, at least the size of, like, my index fingernail. Yeah. Gross. Hi guys, I'm Jordan. And I'm Katrina. And today we're having a breakdown, but not in a weird way. Hey guys, we just wanted to pop in and let you know ahead of time this is going to be a longer episode because Jordan and I are talking about our personal mental health histories and our journeys with mental problems and other things. So we just wanted to pop in and let you guys know a quick disclaimer and trigger warning. If you have had problems with depression, suicide, self-harm, or anxiety and panic attacks, please, please, please do not listen to this episode. Our goal is not to trigger anyone or to hurt anyone. And we strongly urge anyone who is struggling with mental disorders or issues, no matter how small you may think they are in the moment, to please seek professional help if you are considering hurting yourself or if you consider ending your life, please seek professional help. So I know I've mentioned it in like past episodes where we're like joking about like, oh, I need to do a whole episode on my mental health. So here's this episode with some fun background knowledge about Katrina and the reason she thinks she's literally insane. So just to give a little bit of context, I have premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which I was diagnosed by my therapist. I went to therapy. We're just jumping right in. I went to therapy for a a while to deal with some of the issues I'm going to talk about. And again, if you stayed past the trigger warning, please don't listen to this. If you are having like self-harm thoughts, suicidal thoughts, please don't because I'm going to be talking about that. So I have premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And basically what that means for me is something within the biochemistry of my body and my hormones within the my like period cycle it really mentally and emotionally like debilitates me to the point where I cannot function normally as I normally would be able to without with it when I'm not experiencing these feelings so to this is going to be a bit of a long explanation but Within a month, so if I have four weeks, the first week is the week after my period. That's me now. Like, normal Katrina, happy, like, my mood is really stable, and I'm good. Like, I'm a normal, sane person. I'm good. The the second week, I start becoming a little, I have more mood swings, and they get a little bit more intense, and... I'll start getting a little bit more anxious during those weeks and I'll start feeling a little bit more crazy during that week. And then the third week is when everything really picks up for me or it used to, I'm on medication now. Um, The third week I would be having at least two panic attacks a week and my mood swings would be so intense and so strong that they would genuinely cause panic attacks because I couldn't understand where these emotions were coming from and I didn't know how to process them. 
because I would just be like standing in a room with all of my friends and I'd be having a great time. And then all of a sudden I was miserable and I, all I wanted to do was go cry. And then I was angry. And then within like the span of five minutes, it was not a good time. And then the fourth week of that month, I would get my period. So that's kind of the cycle that I was on for about two years. Yeah. Is that a decent explanation, Jordan? Yeah, I think that's a thorough and makes sense. Yeah. I don't even know where to start. I guess I should start with, like, eighth grade. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it seems like a lot of things happened that year. Do you want to jump in with, like, questions and, like, ask me to explain things? Yeah, so, well, um, I guess how did you find out that you had PMDD? I mean, I know you said through therapy but like was there something specific that like indicated it was that and then also how did it affect you like before you were diagnosed like knowing something was not quite right but like not knowing what it was so before having a diagnosis I genuinely like just felt insane like I didn't I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know why I was having these thoughts. I knew I didn't have depression. I knew I didn't have anxiety. And my life is like, I have two amazing parents that love and support me. And I was doing great in school and I was doing good in band. And I I was like that picture perfect student. But for some reason, I was just so like sad and not okay all the time. And part of it was I had really, really crappy self-esteem at that point in my life plus these like my hormones just started to change and so I would start having these really intense mood swings and I didn't know what to do with them because on one hand I don't want to be that like over emotional teenage girl that's like crying all the time but on the other hand I sometimes I would be feeling so much that I couldn't feel anything I would just go numb because I was feeling too much and I know that sounds like almost like like it doesn't exist and I don't fully like know how to explain the mood swings I just they were so intense that I could be seething mad like I was ready to punch a wall and throw daggers and go straight within like a minute go straight into being so sad and all I wanted to do was cry and I felt like there was no point in me like waking up and I felt like stupid and go into like and then the next moment I would be like hating myself and I'd be like well why can't you just control it like Katrina you're 14 15 you should be able to control your emotions like a three-year-old can control their emotions better than you can and I would just get really mad at myself and from there it would kind of like spiral so the way I explain it is it was almost like there was these three demons in my head and when things got really bad, they would, like, capture me, if that makes sense. And so all three would just be saying, like, the meanest, cruelest things that I could ever think about myself or anyone could ever say about me. Along with the, like, swirling emotions. And that was pretty much how it was for eighth grade. It was just, like, a lot of self-hatred and just, like, so much confusion. Mm-hmm. But I think at the time, I was also getting my heart broken for the first time. So I kind of, like, blamed it on that. And I didn't really understand that that wasn't normal at that point. 
because I thought it was just like oh typical teenager like she just has low self-esteem and it's just mood swings like I didn't really see the connection to like my period and stuff yet Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah because I mean I I remember like kind of watching all of this from like the outside yeah I, I feel like um then like when I would try to talk to you about it you were so like adamant that like well you don't have depression you don't you know everything is good in your life you know you're just sad about you know like um the couple things that were going on you felt low self-esteem but like there was nothing wrong and like you were really against like talking to anyone other than like yeah other couple friends yeah yeah well because it's also like i i knew even back then like i didn't have depression but I would feel, like, depressed sometimes. And that, I think it got worse going into freshman year. I think freshman year was the worst it got, quite honestly. Mm. Would you agree or disagree? Well, we didn't talk a lot right. freshman yeah. year. See, that's the thing. Like, I I remember, for me, like, but I, outside. Actually, no, freshman year was the worst. Because that's when I had self-harm problems. Mm. Yeah, because, like, from the outside... Like, I remember thinking, like, eighth grade was the worst, but then you're right. Like, we didn't talk about it as much during during ninth grade. And I think also part of the problem was I became really good at hiding it and pretending I was okay. Yeah, you did. I was really good. Like, I remember one night I was leaving band rehearsal. It was a Tuesday night rehearsal. And it was, like, for those don't don't obviously that don't know we have band rehearsals on Tuesday nights leading up to concerts and I was leaving practice and I was talking to Jenna one of my friends and I and she was like I think she said something and I made like a joke and being like oh yeah I literally just like had a panic attack but I was like smiling and laughing she was like whoa like are you what you don't look like that just happened I was like yeah no I'm pretty good at hiding it yeah which is not good but like even when it got to like the worst thing that ever happened for me so when it got really dark for me was I would during panic attacks it would get so bad that I didn't know what to do and I didn't nothing could really calm me down so I would self-harm I'm not proud of it please do not do it it's you'll feel so much worse after you do it. I promise you, please go find something else. So, like, just a disclaimer, alternatives to self-harm are, like, I really loved, not loved, but using a Sharpie and, like, drawing on my forearm really helped me. Or I know you can hold an ice cube in your hand, and that will also, like, help. There are a bunch of other alternatives online, but Again, please do not self-harm. It is not a good idea. I'm going to keep saying it and I'm going to keep saying things like this because I remember like feeling like there was nothing else I could do. And I was so like, I felt so hopeless, honestly, like genuinely, like completely hopeless. And that's why I like, for me, self-harm was just a way for me to like get out of my mind and get out of like that trap that those demons I call them demons they I literally like I can see them in my mind and it sounds crazy but I can't the way that I would get out of it was like I would just scratch my arm 
and just scratch it over and over the same spot. And that's, I literally have a scar from the worst one I did. It's not very visible, but I can see it mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah, I mean, like you said before, I think you really did get really good at hiding it because I remember then no. when you started talking again, you mentioned that you had been like self-harming and having problems with that. And I was like, wait, what? When did that happen? Because like... Because I never like... I never used, like, a razor or anything, like, quote-unquote traditional. Like, I never used a knife. Mm -hmm. The worst it got, like, for me was literally I just used my fingernail. Mm -hmm. And I literally, like, skinned myself with my fingernail. Mm -hmm. And I don't have long nails. Like, my nails are – I've always kept them short. This was in, like, the winter because I remember the next day to school I wore a sweatshirt so no one could see my arm. And one person did see it. But I lied in the story I made up about it. So what had happened was I scratched so bad that it, like, it wasn't good. And then I had another panic attack. And so I scratched the same spot again until it started bleeding. And that's what made it scar over. And it was, like, a strip of just, like, cracky and, like, blood clots. And it it was bad. Yeah. And I remember one person, like, clocked me for it because they were like, you didn't fall and catch your arm on the table. That's the lie I told. I said I fell and, like, my arm caught on the corner of a table on the way down. Mm-hmm. And I just wore a sweatshirt. Yeah, so, like, that's how bad it would get. Sometimes, like, my thoughts would get so negative they would get, like, a little bit suicidal, but I never had any intention to act on that yeah and this this was like after you were already in therapy yeah this was all after I was already in therapy so I started going to therapy oh I want to say about November of my freshman year and I kept going until about April so when I went to therapy She had me, like, track what I was eating and how I felt and how much exercise and how much sleep I got and what I did that day. Just to kind of, like, associate, okay, when you eat bad, you feel bad. Or, like, if you don't get enough sleep, you feel bad. Just kind of, like, figure out what patterns I was having. Mm -hmm. And so it got to the point where it was, like, we just started looking at my period cycles and everything lined up perfectly. And so after that, we she pulled out, like, a book from her desk. I remember she, like, turned around in her chair pull out a book and like flip to the right page and she started asking me questions from the book and I just answered them and I think it was like you had it was like almost like a BuzzFeed quiz where you have to get a certain number out of like 25 Mm -hmm. to like be in this part and I had the right amount of number to be PMDD if that makes sense Mm -hmm. because my the symptoms I was were having were enough and so severe that they impacted my life. Yeah. So that's the difference between like PMDD and PMS is PMS is like, it's bad and you feel a little different, but it's still you and it doesn't impact your ability to like do stuff or like you might be a little bit more tired, but it doesn't change who you are as a person. 
Whereas PMS, I became a different person. I mean, PMDD. Yeah. I became like a little different person. Yeah. So it wasn't just like I was a little bit more tired. It was like I didn't have as much energy. It was I didn't have as much energy. I was angry and moody all the time and I couldn't focus. And I any small thing would happen and it would set me off to be like really emotional. And sometimes those emotions could trigger into panic attacks. And I was having at least two a week, like, leading up to my period. At least two. That's scary. Like, how much that, like, impacts you. Yeah. And it it kind of sucks that, like, I don't really have, like, a better explanation other than, like, it coincides with my hormones. Because I know, like, one day someone's just going to be like, oh, it's just PMS. She's just on her period. And, like, it sucks because I wish I could explain, like, dude, it's not just my period. There's a little chemical imbalance in my body and I can't fix it. And it makes me feel like crap. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's not depression, but it's, like, adjacent to depression where there's, like, an imbalance in your body that's causing this disorder. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the sucky thing about PMDD is it hasn't been researched because it it affects a lot of women but the problem it hasn't been researched because a lot of women are undiagnosed Mm -hmm. and a lot of obviously like throughout history doctors they don't really care to research into the biochemistry of females yeah i hope one day like someone researches into it part of me is like low-key girl if you like buy if you like biology get in there but i don't care for biology yeah but yeah no it sucks i'm trying to think about what i haven't talked about i have a couple more questions that would be helpful i'm so excited so for me, one of the things I've been thinking about recently is how my problems with anxiety, like, it's never going to go away. So how are, how do you deal with knowing that, like, PMDD is probably something you're going to have for a long time and it's, like, a permanent condition? It, I'm still, like, learning to deal with it because I think at the beginning of my sophomore year, I got birth control because I just... It can help someone with PNDD. It's not like if exact fix, like you probably could go talk to a psychiatrist and they would have like a better solution for you. But I just, I didn't want to go to a psychiatrist. I didn't want to make my parents pay for it. So I went to my doctor and I said, hey, put me on birth control, <laughs> please. Because I also like just have gnarly periods as it is. Like my cramps will be so bad that I'll wake up at like 3 a.m. Because my heating pad isn't hot anymore. So I have to go heat it up again. Which sucks. But. (laughs) So for me, I'm still like dealing with the fact that it's permanent. Because after therapy, like I don't self-harm anymore. And I don't have panic attacks as often. Because I. I still recognize that they're happening and I my self-confidence is a lot better. So like the three demons I was talking about um they like they don't come out ever. Like I I it's like not a problem for me anymore. So sometimes I do still get really anxious and I'll still get panic attacks. Like 
I think the most recent one I had was actually I think I had one like last week. <laughs> but I, I honestly like I still get really frustrated with it because I want it to be something that's just done mm-hmm. and I don't have to deal with it again. And I already went to therapy for that and I fixed it. Like like when you get the flu, you you go to a doctor, you get medicine and then you fix it and it's gone and you don't have to have it again. Whereas this is something I know I'm gonna I'm gonna keep having panic attacks for the rest of my life and if I ever date someone again I'm gonna have to explain all of this to them, which I really hate. Um <laughs> just send them to this episode, it's fine. Honestly. <laughs> so I I think the way I deal with it is I'm just like gentle with myself. Like I know I'm trying the best I can. And I feel like also knowing what specifically, like, is happening to me, I can just look and be like, okay, I'm getting close to my period. That's what's happening. I just need to be a little extra careful this week and take care of myself. Like, I know that's, like, such a crappy answer. No, yeah, absolutely. I understand. Yeah. So I just, like, I just, I just know it's going to be happening. And I just make sure I take care of myself for it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And also, I feel like it's helpful to know that even if I am going to be having, like, panic attacks and these, like, emotional changes for the rest of my life, it's not every day. And sometimes the – and, like, also, like, it was really dark for me for a couple of months, honestly. But it's it gets better every single day and every single week, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think also, like, something important to, like, remember is – Your emotions are 100% valid. I remember before I figured out what was happening, I didn't know my panic attacks were panic attacks. Mm -hmm. I had them for, I think, two years before I finally, like, Googled up panic attacks and read the symptoms. I remember because it was sophomore year band camp and we had a snack break and I had just had, like, two in warm-up block because I was so stressed about these basic, like, this warm-up that we did and but no one could tell because I had my sunglasses on again I'm way too good at hiding this crap um and I googled up panic attacks because every single time I had had one I would like get mad at myself and I was like Katrina like you need you're overreacting you're just being a brat like it could be so much worse you could be having a panic attack right now yeah and it was just like oh I am having, like, I can be gentle with myself because I am having a panic attack. Right. Like, that's not just a term that I picked up off the street and was like, oh, yeah, I'm having, like, no, I have all the symptoms. <laughs> and I can't attest. Your first thought is it feels like you're dying. Yep. Yes, it does. It's the worst. Garbage. Horrible. Throw it away. <laughs> Did I answer your question? I honestly don't know. Yeah, I think so, yeah dope (laughs) like currently i i know i have a really obsessive personality hence like the Mm self-harm so it's very easy like i definitely like have to watch myself for i always have to be careful around stuff like that i can never like if there are trigger warnings for like certain things i do have to listen to them sometimes because it was just such a dark place for me that even though I'm better now, quote unquote, like I'm better now and I don't have those problems as much, 
I know they can start again. So, like, I'll never watch 13 Reasons Why because Lord knows that entire TV series should never have been made. Mm. Um, It's just, like, things like that. Like, I have to be careful with myself a lot of the time. And it... Sometimes a little frustrating, but I know I have an obsessive personality, so I definitely have to watch for that. And, like, I don't know. I would just say, like, my advice to anyone thinking, like, that they're struggling is just to know that your emotions are valid. And just because what you're going through, like, you can't compare what you're going through to what someone else is going through because you're still going through what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Like, granted, like, going through things doesn't give you the right to be, like, an asshole, but if your emotions are real and valid to you like half the time I would just start crying because like my cup was orange or something stupid but like that's what I was feeling at that moment so it's okay to recognize that emotion and deal with it and process it as like I don't know I just think if you downgrade your emotions because no one can tell you're not feeling what you're feeling Mm -hmm. nobody else is inside your head feeling what you're feeling at the same time as you so no one can be like no you're not sad you you are sad if you feel sad you are sad nobody else gets to decide how you're feeling except for you so I think like accepting that your emotions are valid and even if you like don't think there's a logical reason for why you're feeling what you're feeling you're still feeling it and that's okay and valid and you just you get to take care of it even if as if it were caused for a logical reason but like even if you don't think there's a logical reason whatever reason there is that's what you're feeling what you're feeling and that's okay yeah 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 also please don't self-harm it's not good for you please go to therapy i love my therapist she was a real one (laughs) shout out miss you came with me to some therapy session i did well i wasn't like in the room with you you sat in the waiting room like a real one with your mom (laughs) dude who doesn't want to hang out with my mom okay So, welcome to Backstories. This is a little segment where we talk about some fun stories from our week. Are you ready for the whole, the full hot dog stick story? I am. I'm so excited to tell you. Okay, so basically, I think it was yesterday. I was home alone, vibing out, because my brother was at work, and my mom was somewhere. I honestly don't remember. My mom was somewhere, and my dad, like, also went to go get things and I was like cool I was vibing and so I turned on the alarm and I turned on it was all fine I was vibing and I kept thinking I like would hear people okay backstory I have this like irrational fear that I'm gonna get murdered at my grandparents house specifically because when I was little my uncle is a prosecutor fun fact and (laughs) he like watches like a lot of crime shows because he just finds it interesting and so like, one night we went to my aunt and my uncle's house for dinner. They had, like, a crime show on. And it was about, like, like serial killers, like, throughout U.S. history. And there was this one serial killer who would just jump onto trains 
and then at night get off the train and like murder someone in a nearby house and I think I've told you the story Jordan but basically little seven-year-old me has been terrified ever since because my grandparents house is across the street from a train track (laughs) there's literally a train like right there and so of course we get back to our house usually like after it's all dark and there's like trees and shadows and stuff anyway so I just have this irrational fear of being murdered right and I was home alone and we have like fans and stuff throughout the house because it's an old house and you can't really have like there's no like central ac so you have like fans and stuff and they make noise so I just kept thinking I was hearing things so eventually I just turned on music and it was fine but then I came out to the like sun porch area to film like for youtube because I was like Katrina you need to stop being lazy and you need to like film so I was doing that and there's literally like a video of me filming and I like look off to the side and I say I keep thinking I hear people but it's just the fans and then I look back at my phone like smile at the camera and then like within the last like three seconds of the video you hear the alarm go off (laughs) because I said the apparently okay so the alarm just goes off and I'm home alone and so I flip out okay and on the sun porch where I'm at we have these like you know how when you have a fire like you roast hot dogs over it or like marshmallows so we have these big long like metal like hot dog sticks for roasting hot dogs over a fire so I grab one I'm like cussing I called my mom because I was like I don't know what to do and I called my mom and I'm like trying to get one of these hot dog sticks loose because they're tangled together and I'm just like sitting there like cussing I'm like damn it damn it damn it that's not what I was saying (laughs) and then I like and I was so scared because I was like someone's breaking in the house i'm alone i have this hot dog stick what's going on i was like i was literally like thinking of a game plan i was like okay do i record with my phone or do i drop my phone so i can hit with the stick harder i was literally like in flight or flight i was so scared and it was just my brother i set the alarm wrong so that as soon as like the motion detectors picked up anyone it didn't give them any time to turn off the alarm, uh, and so I said it wrong. Well, at least you're not dead. This is true, but the problem is, okay, so one of my brother's friends is staying with us while they work this job, and so that was her second impression of me, was me and the hot dog stick, scared. Well, okay, this could be beneficiaries for two reasons. So firstly, at least that wasn't her first impression of you. Um, this is and secondly like she knows that you'll defend yourself and you'll cut a bitch if necessary i really would (laughs) you were prepared i need to send you the video later it's hilarious i cut it down to just the part where it's me saying i keep thinking i hear someone and then the alarm going off at the end (laughs) it's so good it's like 12 seconds because i like smile and i'm like i can't believe it's great do you have any other stories? I do. I actually have two more. <gasps> I'm so excited. Thanks. So, first one is one that my mom was telling me. So, she has um, a whole lot of drama at her work, but this is only one specific part of it. So, she works at um, a hospital. And she works in the blood bank. So, she's like, you know, when you get your blood drawn or, like, you donate blood, she's the one who makes sure, you know, you don't have any diseases in your blood and that it's like safe to give to someone else and like what type it is and all that 
Hashtag a real one. Yeah. <laughs> um, she hangs out with blood all day. It's great. So um, her lab, I guess, got this new machine that's supposed to speed up some part of the process because currently they're at maximum staff capacity, but they're still not like, you know, going fast enough. So that's why they need their machine. Um, so someone had broken the screen, I guess, a couple weeks ago. So it had, you know, been under repair and stuff. So she came into the lab today and she saw like the Candy Crush logo on the screen of the blood machine. And no one knows who was playing Candy Crush on the machine for the blood or how they got candy crush onto the blood machine but it was there of this story already yeah so um her manager was very upset and he said well i'm gonna find it whoever did it because we have cameras so i'm currently um waiting to find out who it was i love that yeah i just i have so many questions (laughs) more questions than answers why wouldn't you just put it on your phone? How did you get it onto the blood machine? And why Candy Crush? But like of all the games that you could play, Candy Crush? There's so many better ones. Yeah. And also, why would you not like shut it down? Right. Like if you were going to be distracted on the blood machine playing Candy Crush, like you would at least turn it off and hide it, right? In- Unless it's like a Candy Crush stand, and they refuse to hide their love for Candy Crush. <laughs> They're gonna get fired. <laughs> Why? Okay. What's the other... Do you want to tell the other story? Oh, sure. It's, I don't know, kind of nebulous, but I realized um, I was re-listening to our first episode of the podcast, because I'm a loser. I just listened to our second episode today. Great. I love that we listen to our own podcast. We're so funny. (laughs) But yeah, I realized we referenced a story from when I was at the law camp, and then just never actually told it. So... (gasps) Oh, about the person that I thought you liked, but you didn't actually like, but you like kind of had a thing for? Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. I, as, as you know, I was dating someone during this time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, like, I think, like, right in the middle of our relationship. I think we were, like, halfway through. Um, So I went to this camp. And so, okay, I had been thinking, like, I had been questioning my sexuality again. Because I was like, I'm not attracted to guys. Like, just the thought of a guy is just kind of like gross so maybe i'm a lesbian so i'm I'm gonna go to this law camp right and no one's gonna know me there so if i just say i'm a lesbian there while i'm there and it feels right then like i'll know and i'll stick with it right i don't why is that your strategy though i have so many questions okay (laughs) continue the story (laughs) i think it's a solid strategy because it helped me figure it out Spoiler alert, I'm not a lesbian. Um, so I was there and I met like a lot of really cool people. So there was this one guy in particular, his name was Hayden. And I'm pretty sure he had a thing for me. Because like he would like go out of his way to talk to me and then like he like called me smart and like pretty a lot and like complimented my shirt and my hair. I don't know. 
And then you think he liked you? <laughs> That's definite, yes, sweetie. I don't well because I knew him for like a week. I don't know. Anyways. So at the He was point, trying to shoot his shot. <laughs> he did try to shoot his shot and I said I have a girlfriend. Back it down. I yeah. Well, because I wasn't sure, so I didn't want to be outright like, um, excuse me, sir, stop hitting on me. I have a woman. But at, yeah, at some yeah. point it did come up that I had a girlfriend. And he, he was like nice about it, but like, I don't know. So he, he like somewhat aggressively asked to see pictures of her. And of course I was like, okay, sure. Look how pretty my girlfriend is. And like showed him pictures. And I was like, look at her. Look how beautiful she is. Like, you know, trying to be like, hey, I like this girl and not you. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, I mean, she's pretty, but you deserve better. And I was like, I don't know what to say to that. So, I mean, that was awkward. Oh, I want to scream, but I don't think people on our podcast would appreciate that. So just insert a scream. <laughs> oh my gosh that's so iconic I, I was like I literally don't know what you want me to say to that like so I was like well I'm happy where I am thank you um and then, in his mind was he like oh yeah she's gonna break up with her for me like what but I also what was he the better option I mean I have so many questions okay sorry. I had also been saying well I know actually it was before I said it was a lesbian so I guess like, you know, he could have thought, oh, well, maybe she's bi, which I am bi, but d- didn't quite know it at the time. Um, so, Working on it. <laughs> yeah, then that night, I, like, told my then-girlfriend about it, and she got so mad. And I was like, I don't know why you're getting mad at me, because I literally did my, the, the most to tell this guy that I had a girlfriend and that she was beautiful and that I liked her very much. So I don't know why she was mad at me, because... I did nothing wrong. I'm sorry that I got hit on and dissuaded him. I'm sorry that your girlfriend is hot. What do you want me to do? I was like, I literally showed him pictures of you and told him how hot you were. I don't know what else you wanted me to do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That was like the only fight we ever had, which is weird considering everything else that happened in our relationship, which I won't go into now. Um... (laughs) That's a whole episode, That's sweetie. Whole episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I was hanging out with a bunch of people from that camp, I guess the next day or a couple of days later. Um, and we were in, it, it was really like girls, and we were in this guy's room, and then a couple other guys walked by, and they said, Ooh, Charles has girls in his room. And I was like, Well, I. Um, and then the rest of them laughed and thought it was cool. but then like we talked about it later I was like oh I'm gay I don't like guys so then Hayden heard about this later and then just kind of like stopped talking to me for the rest of the camp and you think he didn't like you I like how you're like not really sure well, I don't know I, I was kind of bummed that he stopped talking to me because he was a cool person and like can we find his Instagram? If I people and knew that I did like guys, I would have gone for it. But, I, yeah. Okay, question. Can yes. we please find his Instagram and DM, DM him this episode? I have, I have tried. I cannot find his Instagram. 
He probably blocked you. I didn't have Instagram at the time. This was like He's, two years ago. No, but he was just like, he couldn't get, I don't know. I was going to spin off into a story, but that doesn't seem productive. So, Well, I'll, I'll give you his first and last name later. And if you want to try to find him, go ahead. Okay, but guys do like weird handles on Instagram. You can never find them. That's true. That's or maybe true. I just have bad tasting guys. Well, we know I do. No. Awkward. <laughs> Jordan, you know what's going to happen? What's happening? You and me are both going to get full rides to University of Michigan, and he's also going to be there. Yo. <laughs> Bruh, if freaking Hayden from Law Camp ends up being, like, my soulmate, that would be a weird-ass twist of fate. But I need to see a picture of him before I can approve of this idea. I don't have a picture of him. I didn't take, like pictures of anybody do you want to hear about do you want to hear about the university of michigan i would love to it looks really pretty so what day is it it's thursday like four days ago i went and toured university of michigan and by toured i went to campus parked a car and walked around um (laughs) i I really like it there. It's so pretty. But I feel bad because some of the architecture, I'm like, oh my god, Jordan would love this. But it's so expensive to go there. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it is on my list. Hashtag full ride. <laughs> Joe and Cat give him full rides. Let's go. Hey. Hashtag full ride for Joe and Cat. Let's make it happen, guys. Uh. Well, I mean, I've gotten rejected from two scholarships already, so... I love that for you. Wait, which... We need to... You need to call me and tell me how to scholarship. I don't know. Oh, I will. I will. Apparently, there's scholarships through College Board, so I'm going to do those, but... Pray for me. (laughs) Also, I need to ask you about Marchman stuff. This is very off topic. (laughs) We have a lot of things we need to discuss separately off the podcast. Okay, so to summarize my story about University of Michigan, it's very pretty. I like the campus. I had some dope pizza at um, Cottage Inn. It was so good. Oh, my gosh. And there's a gelato shop. So I was like, looky, looky, if I can get, like, 45 scholarships, I'm about to head to University of Michigan. Like, me in here. I mean, the only bad thing is I want to low-key double major because I'm indecisive as frick. And... (laughs) The architecture <laughs> school and the business school are on different campuses. Ooh. So, okay. I don't know how that... But their business school looks, like, gnarly. It's orange and it's large and I want to go. <laughs> oh, so, like, gnarly. But it's right next to the law school, Jordan. It'd be so cute. Okay. Well, the thing is, law school comes after college. So, if I went to law school there and you went to college there, we would not be well, there Well, they together. probably have pre-law. I'm not going to major in pre-law because pre-law actually doesn't well okay it helps you get into law school but it's not one of the preferred majors to get into law school weirdly so enough what one are you gonna do like social science or something probably double major in business and something else either um okay stop coming for my life. brand i'm pretty sure i had this plan first but okay yeah i don't really have my life together but that's okay
me, like my main, I don't know. So I have never been diagnosed with anything. But I have strong suspicions that there's something going on. Um, whether it's like anxiety or like a dissociation related disorder, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Um, because, okay, I've been having panic attacks literally as long as I can remember. Like, oh, yeah. Um, I did not know this. Really? Mm-mm. Okay, well, you're finding out tonight. Um, yeah, so that's just been, like, a part of my life. And for years and years and years, I had no idea what was happening. I thought every time it would happen, I thought, like, I was going crazy. Like, I was dying. Like, something was just wrong. And all I could do was just, like, wait until it was over. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, the way I experience panic attacks, I know it's slightly different for everybody. Um, some people don't have all the symptoms, some people do, some people have a few, I don't know. For me, um, a lot of times, like, my heart rate will increase, and I will dissociate, which means pretty much I feel like I'm not myself, I'm not, like, necessarily in my body experiencing what I'm experiencing. It's, it feels like I'm watching myself do whatever it is I'm doing, and it feels like I have no control over it. Mm. yeah I, I remember one time in seventh grade in gym I think it was like the strongest dissociation I've ever had um we were like playing some kind of game and like all of a sudden it was like I was barely there and like I was fighting to like stay in my body and then I lost the fight and then like for the next like 15 minutes I was just, like, watching myself play this game, and I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, a lot of times, like, that's how I experience um, panic attacks. Sometimes that's it's more... Interesting. What? Mm. That's interesting that that's how you experience them, because that's so different from how I do. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's why it took me so long to realize that's what it was, because, like, that's not one of the, like, you know, stereotypical panic attack symptoms, you know? Like, yeah. I experience a lot of the other ones, too. But I think that one's the strongest one a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, so... I don't know. Um, I guess I don't really have much talk about in the way of like diagnosis or therapy experience because I've never had that um I mean I also for a long time like I had really bad like I guess just self-esteem issues and yeah I don't even know like what it would be called like puberty I guess I don't know um but like we've talked about like I was like bullied for a while in elementary school yeah and one of those times I didn't even realize I don't know how I didn't realize I was being bullied until well because when you're little it doesn't you don't realize what's happening yeah like I'm like 
a solid 50% sure I got bullied, but I just genuinely don't remember it. Mm-hmm. It was probably behind my back. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, the one that had, I guess, the biggest effect on me was this girl who I, w- I thought we were friends. Um, I mean, I guess we kind of were friends, but, like, I know she had her own issues, and, like, I think she was in therapy and, like, had like was diagnosed with depression and stuff so I know she was going through her own stuff still doesn't excuse what she did to me but I like yeah you know um but like she would like physically bully me and like so she would like twist my arm like every day at lunch and I well like the first few times I was like no like stop like what are you doing and she was like oh I need to deal with pain um and she would like pinch me and like pull my hair really hard um and like after a while I don't I don't know somehow like I just accepted it and like somewhere in my brain like it flipped over to like this is a good thing for me or like this is something that I deserve somehow yeah which is just so insane that like I don't know that I even thought that but that contributed to some of the self-harm issues that I've had, which I don't even know if you and I have, like, explicitly talked about. I don't think we have. Yeah. I, I think we've... I think I have alluded to it, but I don't think I've ever, like, explicitly told you. I remember you mentioning it, but we've never, like, sat down and, like, talked yeah. about it. Because, well, firstly, for a while, I didn't even think what I was doing counted, like, as self-harm, because like you like so I don't know if you remember but I had really like pointy nails for a long time and I was like oh this is just you know part of my edgy personality but like that's what I like you like I would scratch up my arms and yeah it started because like even once I wasn't being bullied anymore somewhere in my head I just thought like I need this like I deserve this I deserve to be hurt and I deserve to have someone hurt me and if no one else can do it like yeah that's like my job I guess that's so messed up I mean in a weird way like I had the same thing happen to me where some part of my brain was like you just you deserve this like sadness and pain Mm -hmm. and some part of I think I think when a lot of things go wrong and a lot of things are just hurting you and there's not enough to like hold on to otherwise like that will make you happy or like that you can have like faith in mm-hmm. it's very easy to like fall into the i deserve this because it becomes your whole life mm-hmm. and it's not like something you did so it must just be something that the world has against you and it's your fault and you were just made to deserve this which mm-hmm. is not true at all but like exactly yeah. yeah so yeah like for a long time I didn't even realize that's what it was so I think I've only ever told I guess you're like the fourth person I guess because I told my ex and my other ex and then recently I, I finally told my mom um yeah I mean it's a hard conversation to have mm-hmm. especially with the people you love you know it's like, hey, I know you love me so much and you think I'm great, but I literally, like, hurt myself. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, 
it's so hard to understand if you haven't like been there I feel yeah yeah and I mean so like that's how it started like I felt like I deserved to be getting hurt and like I didn't know like what I kind of know what it was like without it you know um and then and maybe you also um I started using it to deal with panic attacks um because as I like got closer to middle school my panic attacks got worse and more frequent and harder to deal with um and like sometimes like that was the only thing that could like snap me out of it because I didn't know again like I for a while I still didn't know that it was a panic attack but I knew like if I scratch my arms that would give me something to focus on that was a pain outside of my head that I could control and for some reason that like grounded me um yeah because when you're having a panic attack like your mind is attacking you Mm -hmm. and please if anyone is listening please do not do this we are not recommending this at all but we're just like trying to explain for those who haven't experienced it what it's like and why give a little insight into why insight to why we do the things we do and I feel like when you're like the pain it makes it feel like there's something outside that's attacking you so your brain goes from there's something wrong in your head and like it's a mind battle to there's something attacking you in real life you need to focus on that yes yeah yeah so I mean finally stopped um during freshman year I still have a couple of scars um but I mean weirdly enough what got me to stop was someone else in my life um opened up to me about they were also doing the same kind of thing that I was and that's that's what made me realize it was self-harm because that's what they refer to it as and we were doing the same thing and I realized like I can't tell this person to stop if I don't stop yeah I can't you know preach that I care about them and it's bad for them if if I don't also stop so like yeah that's what like kind of snapped me out of it and also then around that time I also started learning healthier ways to deal with having panic attacks um yeah exercise and grounding and um thinking about other things and yeah like I mean you said earlier like also ice cubes help and I other thing I would do instead of scratching myself would like snap like a rubber band on my wrist which kind of like that same sensation but less damaging and you know just kind of like helps you get used to hurting less you know yeah so you talked a lot about like how these like panic attacks and like dissociations happen and also like how you thought you deserve pain how have you like like sort of taught yourself that what you thought wasn't correct or did you ever have the thought where it's like I feel crazy or something like that that was a bad question right yeah it makes sense yeah I never hmm other than the times I was, like, in a panic attack and dissociating, I never thought, like, oh, I'm crazy. 
Yeah. Because like, I mean, when you're having a panic attack, it feels like you're going crazy because you literally have no control over your mind. Yeah. But I never thought that I was like crazy for hating myself or for wanting to hurt myself. Kind of in a messed up way, like the way our education system talks about depression and anxiety kind of contributed to that because in my mind it kind of because like our school system does make an effort to educate us about that somehow that to me was like oh like it's normal to hate myself because like I've learned about this and people have told me about this so this is a thing that other people experience so like I'm not crazy for doing it or I feel like way yeah um what was the other part of your question (laughs) how did you like teach yourself to get out of the pattern of like hating yourself and like thinking you deserved bad things or pain oh well or how have you been teaching yourself in this process yeah so Part of it was going to middle school and I guess then to an extent high school and I mean not getting bullied anymore um and that's what's like yeah <laughs> I mean I, like in seventh grade I got friends I became friends with you I left like the old like toxic group of people that I had been hanging out with like do they still go to our school yes I hate them already. <laughs> well, I've hated them this whole time. But well, actually, the girl that was the girl that I talked about who was bullying me doesn't go to our school. She goes to Woodson. Um, That's what's up. <laughs> I don't think she even realizes that she was bullying me because she's tried to talk to me at like marketing games since then. And um, anyways, I will literally go beat her up. <laughs> and by beat her up, I mean have a conversation wink please please don't come for me but no that's fine yeah but yeah part of it was going to middle school and meeting new people who like surprise actually cared about me like you um and then also like part of it really was just like getting out of that phase of puberty where I was having like extreme extreme hormonal mood swings and um yeah stuff like that um yeah yeah so that that kind of started the process of me like changing my mindset another thing was to some extent like seeing you and you know some of our other friends who went through other things um at the time like go through all of this stuff and like watching and being like I wish I could like make you understand like how how wrong you are about um like your sense of worthlessness and your sense of self-hatred and your sense of not being good enough like I wish like we're just wishing that I could yeah express to you what I see and how that's not true and then that I guess kind of flipped a switch in my brain like oh if I think everybody else is worth it why am I not exactly like maybe I'm also wrong yeah. yeah so that helped me start questioning it too um and then again like my freshman year like the the person I was dating the people I was talking to like 
kind of prioritizing their struggles over mine like as as messed up as it was and as that was kind of like a good and bad thing because I I prioritized um other people's problems over mine a lot and that kind of hurt me in some ways but it also helped me just to like completely ignore like the problems and that kind of made some of them go away somehow I I don't know probably not the most yeah. healthy mechanism well it makes sense now you're good it makes sense mm-hmm. and then yeah so where I'm at now is more like I I'm definitely out of that part of yeah. it, which I'm very glad about um like I love myself so much more now um I dude I, you're pretty you're pretty cool thank you I still have like panic attacks and I don't dissociate as much even when I'm having a panic attack I've noticed um, that's exciting yeah so I'm not sure what's up with that um the little things guys the little yeah. <laughs> so I mean it's better and I also know how to deal with it more healthily I still don't know <laughs> if I could like seek help for these stuff because like it it is better than it used to be. I don't know that I need like a diagnosis or something. I mean, even if you don't get a diagnosis or anything, I think genuinely everybody at any point in their life can benefit from going to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is no one who has no emotional baggage ever. Like every single person can benefit from going to therapy. Yeah. I I probably will at some point. I don't know. Dude. Yeah, I'm. That's about if you were podcasting college, just talking about our therapy sessions that week. I can't wait. That's the new backstory th- segment. Is therapy <laughs> stories? My therapist told me today. <laughs> I can't wait. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, like I still, I even now, like years later, I still get the urge to like self harm sometimes to deal with my issues, but I don't, which is like a really good feeling when like, yeah. I have an urge and then don't give in um I get like really proud of myself um because I'm like well, you should it's really hard to yeah. do it's a really good feeling like to know that like I'm not in that place anymore I don't need that anymore like I don't yeah something else I don't know you might want to weigh in on this I don't know because it's an ongoing thought that I'm having is so for a while I didn't have panic attacks I think it was a space of about six months um like between last year and the first well like uh, there was a space of six months during 2019 where I didn't have any panic attacks and it got to the point where I was feeling like maybe I'm done with them maybe I'm done with problems with anxiety and dissociation and yeah I had a really bad panic attack. Um, I don't remember what was going on. I don't remember what triggered it or like what the context was, but I just remember feeling so disappointed afterwards. Like I'm not done. <laughs> um, this is, didn't just kind of sink in that like, this might be something I'm dealing with for the rest of my life. It might get worse sometimes and it might get better sometimes, but it is probably never going to go away. And that just yeah. kind of like, that was kind of like devastating for a little bit to like realize. Um, no, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, 
I've genuinely, I've like had literal mental breakdowns over the fact that like I'm not over it yet. Right. But like it's never gonna go away. It's just always no. And that kind of sucks. But at the same time, I am better at dealing with it now, and I am better at taking care of myself now. So like, even if it doesn't ever go away, I'll be okay. Yeah. It just kind of yeah. You almost have to think of like your mental health as like a rose bush mm-hmm. because they need so much maintenance and pruning and they're very hard to like keep alive. Right? But it's beautiful once you get it. And it's worth all the hard work and it'll stay alive for many years. But you can't ever just give up and stop putting the work in. Otherwise it will get bad again. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like every once in a while you're gonna have to prune and be like okay well we don't need this anymore yeah and every once in a while those little beetles and like the panic attacks they're gonna come back again and you just have to spray and get them away again and it's never gonna it's never gonna be over you're never gonna be able to just never go back to that rose bush ever again right but at the end of the day you can sit and look at that rose bush and it's beautiful and it's stunning because it's worth the work you're putting into it. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get what you're saying. Like, it's really, really frustrating to continuously, like, have problems. Yeah. That's a really good analogy, actually. Dude, I thought of it and I was like, yo, you know what's lit? This. I love it. I think Do you I'm- have any last thoughts you would like to share? Don't self-harm. Um, it feels good in the moment. It may help in the moment, but there are so many better ways. Correction. It may help for like two seconds, but then you're going to feel worse about yourself right afterwards. Please do not do it. Here's the thing. It did help me, but, but not to say that. No, it it helps you in the moment, but I'm saying like afterwards, you're like, what the heck did I just do? I see. I didn't experience that. Oh, well I did. Please don't. Yeah. No, like not to say that like it's, a good idea at all because I it's I, yeah I no. just for me I know I didn't look for alternatives because it worked and I didn't have like immediate regrets or anything but there no. are many better ways right. that actually like are long-term solutions to like deal with anxiety and panic attacks and would stress. you share some of your favorites yeah so um for me when I feel myself about have to have a panic attack, I, I have two exercises that I really like that usually help um, like get rid of them. So the first one is like, I think it's called four, seven, eight breathing. So you breathe in for four counts slowly. You hold for seven and you breathe out for eight. And I got this from the internet. I don't know the exact science behind it. Something about like it switches your flight or fl- fight or flight to um, a more like calm state of mind. I don't, I'm not sure, but I know mm-hmm. it really helps me. And then the other one um, is called grounding um, or like sensory grounding. I've, I've seen it referred to as different things, but you look for five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear two things you can smell and one thing you can taste and the key for me is really focusing on those senses so for me if I'm looking for things I can see like just around my room right now I might notice like 
the texture of the blanket on my bed not just the blanket on my bed but like the texture and I would take a minute to like think about the texture and then if I'm looking uh, or uh, finding something I can hear like the pitch of like the music I'm listening to um and just focusing on that quality and something about that like just kind of brings me back to reality so that that for me works really well for dissociating because for dissociation like my brain feels disconnected from reality and this serves to like reconnect and re-remind myself that like I'm real this is real um this is the world and I'm existing in it and it kind of like calms my brain down and brings it back that's good mm-hmm. and then you know in general I've noticed also my anxiety and I gets worse and I tend to have more panic attacks when I am sleep deprived so just making an effort to actually get enough sleep has really helped. And, you know, like um, talking to people and expressing your feelings and being patient with yourself in general is really good. Yeah. So I I think I have a couple more tricks than Jordan has just because I had more problems than Jordan <laughs> Well, no, we have about the same amount. Anyway. So the things that really helped me, like I said, using a Sharpie like on your arm to draw. So one thing I would do is I would go on Pinterest and look up tattoo designs to find uh, some art that I wanted to copy onto my arm. And that just gives you a distraction of something you can be doing physically to calm your mind down. So you're not focusing on whatever it is that's freaking you out. So that's one thing that I really loved and really, really helped me. And often I would try to pick something that like, was special to me or like would remind me like of good things so one time I picked a phoenix and it was my I think that was the favorite design I've ever done was because phoenix no matter how hot they burn they always rise from the ashes and like that's kind of why I picked that one so like I tried to pick a tattoo that I would like the way it looked and it would mean something to me and it would give me something to distract me and the physical feeling of the sharpie on my skin or like now granted it might stain some clothing but I wouldn't personally I would much rather your clothes or sheets be stained than you have a scar on your arm Mm -hmm. because I promise you like that stain you can get out that scar will never come out um so that's something that really helped me is like looking up tattoos and drawing them on my arm uh another thing that I would do kind of similar to grounding um it's a little game my therapist taught me so you look for colors so you say blue and you find everything around you that's blue and you just look for all the blue things and then you go green and then it just keeps going with whatever color you want and you just look around the room or wherever you're at just for all of those colors and it's something you can do without talking or moving so like if you're in class and you're starting to freak out it's something that I can that you and I like I did a lot where I just be like okay green and I just look around the classroom and be like okay that kid's shirt is green that pen is green and just look around for the different colors which was really helpful another thing that you can do that I found helped me is like line drawing so you just draw like get out like a piece of paper and just draw a squiggly line this really works if you're in class just draw a squiggly line on like the corner of wherever you're taking notes and then just try to trace as close to that line as possible and just keep doing it until like the entire page is filled with like the lines that you traced and then start over if you need to but that really helped me what else did I do 
girl how long also just like in general distracting yourself sometimes talking to a friend doesn't always work but like listening to music watching a show reading a book like just distract yourself as much as you possibly can i would say yeah, those are good tips i might use the colors one it's so it's very good <laughs> And I think also uh, another tip that I would have is, like, if you feel like you need to leave the whatever, like, if you need to leave class, if you need to leave rehearsal, your mental health is so much more important than whatever's happening at that moment. You can look up that PowerPoint online later. It's not the end of the world if you're not there to take notes or take that test. I, and if it's really bad for whoever's listening and if you're also in high school like we are um i know at our school we have these things called flash passes jordan i don't know if you've heard of this but i heard about it because i went to my counselor and like talked to her because i was having a lot of problems and i really needed to speak to a professional Mm -hmm. and they have these things called flash passes at our school so at any time anywhere any situation any class if you pull out that flash pass and show your teacher they have to let you out of class and let you go to the counselor's office no matter what, no questions asked. Huh. I didn't know So, that. yeah, she said I could have one, but I didn't really want one because <laughs> I'm a bad person. Not a bad person. I just, like, I'm very much, like, the tough-through-it mentality. Mm-hmm. So I didn't end up taking one. But just it's something to consider if you ever go talk to your counselor and if you have, like, a lot of panic attacks and stuff, your school may have something similar. Okay, guys, so that was it for this episode. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. We know it was a really long and heavy episode, um, but we thought it was really important to d- talk about and discuss. Um, please, please seek professional help if you need it. Don't turn to self-harm or suicide, even if that's what your thoughts are telling you to do. It's always better to talk it out with a professional and get help if you're able to do that. Don't forget to have fun, guys, but not in a weird way.